divination of facts concerning an object or its owner through contact with or proximity to the object. Psychometry. Um, psycho- psychometry. <laughs> divination. <laughs> you said divination. Divination. He says the definition. Then it says, okay. <laughs> I, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you said the word, then the, de- then the <laughs> right definition, then go the word. Drop. <laughs> I was, he was looking at me making eye contact, should, so should I was I expecting him with me. Thing or just yeah, say I mean, the word psychometry? <laughs> that's a, it's your editing choice at that point. Yeah. Like, what's easier? Um, I'll just say the word. Psychometry. Let's do it again, but both together. Psychometry. <laughs> Let's do it again. Divination. Uh, so, welcome to uh, another episode of Rumors and Confabulation, and we have a uh, doozy of an episode today, my friends. Doozy. It's Isaac uh, talking, we've got John, and we've got Grady over here. Oh, hi. hi. Thanks for listening, thanks for watching, those who are watching, and continuing with our theme of the fall, you know. Uh, oh, it sprouts in the room too. So if you hear some random dog noises, it's not one of us. It's our, it's my dog's throat. There she goes. So I'm just gonna delve right into it, guys. If that's cool with you, mm-hmm. yes, sir. I'm just gonna kind of break into it, and I just just strap in and just hang on tight, okay? <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> I got a seat belt that I cut from a out of a junkyard to use as a belt buckle, and I'd use a a, a robe. A rope. a rope string, you know, you'd use and yeah. tie that around, and I go like that. Oh, like them old timey ones that are real hard to push with the middle mm-hmm. of your thumb. Yeah, I got, a, just I, like... got a, I got a Cadillac one. I got a GM one. Nice. <laughs> so, there you go. so, our story begins on December eleventh, eighteen fourteen. Okay. In the capital of our fair state, Kentucky, Frankfort, Kentucky. Dr. Joseph Buchanan, a man educated in law, medicine, mechanical science, and a reported, quote, profound original thinker, had himself a son on this day in 1814, a son he named after himself, Joseph Rhodes Buchanan. Joseph Rhodes Buchanan. I'm going to try to remember this, because I want to know Joseph Rhodes Buchanan's friggin' name. J.R.B. J.R.B., baby. That's all I do. I loved... JBL. No, I'm just kidding. I never did really care JBL. The wrestler. <laughs> I don't even know which that is. He's pretty. So, this is our subject. Joseph Rhodes Buchanan. As a youth, it did not take long for the younger Joseph to take after his father. And he showed, quote, unusual mental capacity. I know, it made me jealous too. By the time Joseph was 12, he had already, he had already familiarized himself with philosophy Principles of government and economics. Very very by the time he was twelve. By the time he's a regular bright eyes of his time. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) yes. (laughs) But he was said to always have had a quote paramount taste for grave studies. Joseph's father had always seen his boy as being an eventual attorney and had him on this course of life. 
that is until his father passed away while Joseph himself was only 14 years of age. Hmm. That's two in a row we've got early ch- I have no idea what his mother's doing, by the way. I never oh, could man. find any mention of Joseph Rose Buchanan's mother. Hmm. Joseph find Rose Buchanan's mother was taking care of Marianne Pepper's <laughs> Scannell Vanderbilt. <laughs> got him. Got him. <laughs> Wasn't it her, now that her you're on cam- now gone, that you're right? on camera, you can't say the word. <laughs> yeah, what is, what is her name? Mary Ann Scannell Pepper Vanderbilt. Say that if Mespa. you know. Mespa. Yeah. Little Pesvalpes. <laughs> the Pope Lick County Monster. What is it called? <laughs> <laughs> so, having no real love for the practice of law at fourteen, and out of a necessity to work, the teenage Buchanan worked as a printer. Which was also so something. he's got more passion for printing than he yes. does saying, I object, Your Honor. But he's 14. Well, it's something that he can do. His dad yeah. also worked as a printer. His dad was like dabbled in, he's like a Renaissance man of mm. Kentucky mm. in the 1800s. He just dabbled in everything. He was a lawman. He was, uh, he was a printer himself. He just dabbled in everything. So the younger Buchanan just learned how to be able to do some of these things just with being with his dad. Right. Because he really was like, his dad was very hands-on with him. He was a huge influence of his life. Was, mm-hmm. I mean, really was the mm-hmm. influence of his life was his dad. But now, due to poor health, oh, no. he stopped working as a printer. Couldn't poor, he- poor health as a teenager, which that really oh, wait. stinks. Oh, dang. Yeah. Well, so he was a sickly child. Okay. <laughs> he can, he uh, gained the trait ill as far as Crusader Kings goes. <laughs> <laughs> I said you trying to play that yeah. after I left last, really? last time. Uh, I was just like, man, fuck this. I finally, <laughs> I finally became a emperor. I went from a county man to an emperor. Got the, the, the achievement rags to riches. I've been trying to do this for Rags to riches. Yeah. Congratulations. No, I'm the emperor of Britann- Britannia, whatever it's called. So with this poor health, he began studying medicine. In 1834, <laughs> said, at, ain't nobody gonna help me out. I gotta do it myself. When I was 14, <laughs> I, I had to become my own thing. doctor because they didn't even have one in my town. Welcome Frankfurt to America in 2020. But he's <laughs> <laughs> like, research. I'm on. I'm on. So he, in 1834, he started studying medicine at Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky. I didn't know there was a Transylvania. University in, in Lexington. You didn't know that? Nope. It was like our first episode. Yeah, they house, they have a piece of the Shower of Flesh. In Transylvania, Lexington. At Transylvania Still University. Still to this day? Transy. Yeah. yeah. I can go take partake of the Shower of Flesh myself mm-hmm. if I want. They have a jar. I don't know if I would partake, but... Have you not done any forensic studies on it? Forensic studies? I would assume that from whatever it's floating <laughs> yeah. in, it's probably just uh, ate it to nothing. Yeah, it's been there since, what, the 1860s? Was that? Something like that. That sucks. It's kind of like one of those things after it's set too long, the DNA is just kind of like, mm-hmm. bang, bang, bang. it looks like something, but you don't know what it looks like. Did you ever keep up with that uh, shark that was in, that great white shark, uh, Rosie, that was soaking in formaldehyde? <laughs> what are you talking about? You never seen that? No. There's this cool video of these guys going through this abandoned warehouse, and there's this eerie giant shark in this it's a great white shark in a fish tank but it's in formaldehyde mm-hmm. and uh 
it's just the wildest thing you've ever seen. That sounds terrifying. It, it is scary looking, but it's a really cool video. You should, if you want to look it up, Rosie the Shark. Yeah, I think that'll get you. All right. So there you, that's your, there little, you go. That's, that's your little information from me. <laughs> so, so Buchanan found a passion while at Transy, one that would lead him down a path of quote ridicule, rejection, and disappointment. <laughs> the structure and function. Of the human brain. Oh. This was in his eight, passion. In, in what year? 1834. 1834. He was born in 1814, right? Born in 1814. Okay. So he's 20. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Quick math, eh? Hmm. <laughs> Specifically, Joseph became fascinated by the work of Franz Gall. John, I'm really curious if you know of any of this. Franz Gall was an expert in the what is now completely described as pseudoscience Phrenology. Uh, I know, I have a name that was. So, phrenology, for those who don't know what phrenology is, it's the concept that the shape of the brain and skull changes the character and capabilities of a person, <laughs> and that each action by a person is controlled by a specific organ within the brain. I can tell by the way that boy's head was shaped, he wasn't going to be no good. <laughs> that is literally, literally what that, most of the African civil wars are based on. Like Rwanda, like South Sudan. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you have a weird Islam. Yeah. Because so, they took some weird European ideas and they're like, we're going to start implying it to all our people. And it's just yeah. like, no, no, it's fake. Ow, just hit my boy. <laughs> that, that's the frustration. You're just like, no, this is stupid. Stop. Yeah, it also is. Heavily used by a lot of racists to try to, <laughs> to you know, justify their racism. They, they, this, the racists, they are always, they're grasping for straws. They're like, just see the shape of his head? I know I'm superior. Yeah, it just <laughs> ain't right. It, it just ain't, right. ain't right. I can tell you about, yeah, it ain't right. All right. <laughs> so, Buchanan was likely introduced to the concept of phrenology by his professor at Transy, whose name was Charles Caldwell. Caldwell had learned of phrenology a few years before and when actually a lecture circuit throughout Kentucky and the surrounding states talking about phrenology. Mm. He was a professor at Transy. So uh, Buchanan, though, immediately, and this is something I want to establish about Buchanan real quick. He's arrogant. Oh, He is full of himself at all times, okay? Buchanan instantly saw inaccuracies in the accepted version of phrenology. Oh, he was a whistleblower. <laughs> he was a whistleblower in the community. And he made it his own, this phrenology, he came up with his own version of phrenology. Oh. Again, he's like 20. And his version put a little more of a positive twist to it and a little, uh, a little more science to it. Mm. He tried to... he. I'm not honestly sure exactly what his twist on phrenology was. It got way into the weeds from from my layman's mm-hmm. brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can tell uh, your shape of your head ain't got it ain't got the capacity <laughs> for no phrenology. <laughs> I could have told you that, Isaac. <laughs> it's but whatever he did, whatever his whole thing with phrenology was, was much. Um, I it was just, I guess it was just wasn't racist. <laughs> Oh, so, okay, so wait a second. So, phrenology was pretty much rooted in racism. I mean... From the get-go? It wasn't... No, not necessarily. It just was quickly adopted. You're still at that time of... 
This is even before Victorian time. They're still yeah, trying I mean, to explain. They're still doing biology. I mean, this still, is even Darwin's on about the same time. So they yeah. they still thinking yeah. ghosts is living in your blood and stuff like that. Yes, uh, humors and all this stuff. They're still trying to explain the physical world, the science, and they haven't come up to what is accepted now. Yeah, type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So and I think what Buchanan did was that he found he thought that there were organs in the brain cerebral organs as he called them that could influence your like that could be treated that would then influence the rest of your body and things like right. that. So he was kinda trying to come at it from a medical from a more crystal. of an actual like medicine kind of viewpoint. So he was basically taking phrenology and he goes, Okay, yeah, these guys are being dumb with it, but maybe there is something to this. Yeah. 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 Hopefully he learns that there's nothing to it, but we'll see. So Buchanan, at this point in time, devoted himself, quote, exclusively, sorry, exclusively to the phrenological study of man. That's my Buchanan voice. I like the voice. <laughs> you more, you the yeah. fingers help. Phrenological. No, the, the fingers help. I, this one, I'm hoping he does it the whole time. He just can't read into it because he's going to read through his fingers. <laughs> So at this time, Buchanan had Buchanan had transferred to the Louisville Medical Institute okay. in Louisville, Kentucky, where he would obtain his MD. So oh. Doctor Buchanan, what set Doctor Joseph Rhodes Buchanan apart from others is the fact that he did not just see himself as a physician; he was also a philosopher. Well, science at this time they still called it natural philosophy. This is true. So, but. You know, for the most part, there it was still, especially at this time, I think it was much becoming much more clear as, like, you study medicine, you study philosophy. This it, They're becoming much more separate yes. at this point. It's becoming more modernized. You weren't just a generalized scientist. There are branches right. on it. Yes. So he was looking for the answers to the world's toughest questions, and medicine was simply an end to that need for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Again. An arrogant man. <laughs> so phrenology was just, like I said, that mean to that end for Buchanan. It was a path that would lead him to something far, far greater. Buchanan rejected the primary methods of early phrenologists, which were vivisection, pathology, and cranioscopy. Those were the three. Instead, what he did was his own experiments, which he called the, quote, sensitive mode. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like I had top chief setting. <laughs> yeah, we just put this into sensitive mode real quick. Would you run it in sensitive mode? <laughs> so Joseph would observe that a lecture, let's say you know he's at like a uh, academic lecture, you know, mm-hmm. this would give him a quote mocked sensation in the upper portion of the forehead, and thus, naturally, must be the region intelligence is housed. But, okay, well, it, yes, it, it sounds crazy, but it, he, <laughs> he is still at least showing that different parts of your brain, like, he's he's getting that different parts of your right. brain. Right, and that, that is something I guess I should say with Buchanan, is that he, there are things that even people looking back on him will say, like, he did get something right. Yeah, he's on the forefront of it. That's the thing. Right. He very not everybody on the forefront can get it right. And that is like what I was saying with his phrenology. He's looking at it as like, 
the not so much like the shape of your skull is going to dictate like whether you're a good person, bad person, that kind of thing. He's more of like this part of your brain has this kind of yeah aspect right. of the human personality or of the human character. Which leads into our modern understanding. If this is more developed or underdeveloped, you're going to have different right. traits. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. He, he's he's on the Like a chemical beginnings. imbalance. Yes. There is no concept of chemical imbalances at this point in time. So ghost imbalance, maybe. A ghost, <laughs> ghost, the ghost The ghost portion of your brain, I do suspect, might be a little bit wonky. <laughs> <laughs> So Buchanan would go on to establish several more cerebral organs in just this fashion. He would look at himself and just say, hmm, I like this thing, so that must mean that that is what it means for everyone else. So so like he seriously is like, okay, I feel a sensation in this part of my brain when I, when I am watching a lecture, so that must mean because I'm intelligent, that must be where the intelligence is. And then he starts like, well, this makes me angry, and it, it the anger is happening up here, so it must be happening from that part of the brain. For from my little bit of knowledge, I know that's incorrect, but that's at least scientific thinking about it. He's again, though, making he is like <laughs> he thinks he's analyzing himself and then applying it to the rest to of everyone. The world. Yes, yes, but yeah. all he's doing is that's his dopamine trigger. This is yeah, yeah. it's like. Yes. But who feels stuff in specific parts of the head? That's something I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how... That's a a new level of, like, self-identification I've never heard of. You don't have feeling in the brain. What's he making up? You can seriously just be like, wow, this really entices my left back corner of Mm -hmm. the brain, specifically. I'm not going to get into it, but okay. Wait, can you feel... Can you feel the only time that I felt it's not like not now, but like certain times when I've had certain things, I can tell like when okay because your neurons fire out of the back here and run to a certain part of your brain and run back to your like the only time I've felt anything is whenever I've not been on my phone all day and then I hop on that Facebook marketplace (laughs) and I feel that dopamine just. (laughs) You just see something that is like pretty good home. Yeah, he's like yeah okay. Ain't been on here all day. I think we scared Sprout because now she's hiding behind the camera. Oh, yeah. It's all right. We ain't going to say you are Marketplace. So with this, <laughs> Buchanan was onto something big. Buchanan felt that he had discovered mathematical laws which were the basis of the science of man. The science of humans. A force which would show itself as the true anthropology of humans. His theory was that every living thing radiates a neurotic fluid in their nervous system, an impulse, if you will, that is strong enough to stimulate action within the cerebral organs of other living things without speech, vision, or contact. So he's doing, he's doing, he's telepathic. He's trying to be telepathic. You're touching on what we're getting ready to talk about. He is like using sonar. Is that what he's talking about? Or just telepathic? I can feel that you're confused. Uh, I would feel that you're correct. Let me explain. (laughs) (laughs) In Thank you, Joseph. In 1841, he began his experiments. 
His first. Did he just start punching twins? (laughs) Did you feel it? (laughs) (laughs) He's not Mangala. Ow! His first breakthrough experiment came in Little Rock, Arkansas, when he managed to awaken different aspects of his subject, because he is experimenting on other people Mm -hmm. at this point. He managed to awaken different aspects of his subject's brain and thus mental capacity simply by touching parts of their forehead. Hmm. He fell on top of the world and declared that he had learned in a month more about the human brain than all predecessors before him. So he's basically the guy now that just prints off a diploma and then like hangs it off his wall. <laughs> sure. He is a doctor. In a month. Yeah, but these are his... Ex- this is his own research. Okay. <laughs> but there's never been a doctor like Joseph Buchanan before. Exactly. He is... You've never seen anything like this, folks. So Joseph... So he's as from... seen on TV, but... It's <laughs> he's like the Dr. Oz of his generation. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1841... So Dr. It... Phil, more like that. Yeah. I was going to say doctor. I'm not a real doctor, but I'm sending you to the ranch. <laughs> so I just want to talk about this experiment just real quick. Okay. So what he did was he had a subject, and he started to just kind of probe around their forehead, right? Mm-hmm. Lightly, lightly, just kind of touch around the forehead. Right? And, and then he was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And just kind of held it there, right? Did you feel an awakening? So I, I can okay. see John's third eye opening yeah. right now. As so what he's... Just please figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, so what he <laughs> deducted, just by touching this person's forehead... Is that he could feel this person's like nervous system and what was making them tick, what they were even thinking. What he was able to tell all sorts of things about this person, and not only was he able to do that, he was able to then kind of tap into their uh, mental capacity, for mm-hmm. lack of better words, and awaken <clears throat> something within their mind to make them more open to these concepts as well. Hmm. He, uh, it sounds like he's got the ability that uh, Neji has off of uh, Naruto, where he can see the individual shocker points and can cut them off or not. So we're like getting into anime territory. <laughs> so he's like, shocker point, shocker point, shocker point. Okay, now you can unleash your uh, what is his palm jujitsu? I don't know. I've never watched Naruto, so you've never seen it. Oh, mm-hmm. I so, you know what I was talking about. Well, so, I, I know that there's a general concept. <laughs> so Buchanan, he deducted that the reason that no one else had ever come up with this is because it's just so simple that everyone else just simply looked past it. It was so easy and so simple that everyone else just mm-hmm. outsmarted themselves. They just got confused. They thought it had to be harder than this. So everybody, he's saying everyone else is overthinking it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Buchanan claims that it was now in his power to excite any portion of the brain, either large or small, to put that portion into full and vigorous action as an efficient portion of the character of the subject, and then at will suspend its action and excite the action of any other organ. Ooh. I bet he was a killer with the ladies. He's like, <laughs> look here, baby doll. I will excite the brain of yours. I mainly wish when, when you started to do this, like your hair automatically went into a ponytail. 
and like your hat came off. Just, it would be it would like it would be so much better for the video. If, like that's what you were doing, but it was like from sight, like profile. So Joseph Buchanan did, and we'll get into his personal life just a little bit. Please do, because I'm dying to know uh, how well this works. Because that's a good way to tell how. I don't know if it's how much of a quack or how little of a quack you are by how many ladies you get with. Them. <laughs> okay. I well, I did see one source um, that said that he was married three times, and I was only able to find though evidence of two wives. Well, I was able to find two. One wives was a names. liquid wife. He always had a third wife somewhere <laughs> along the way. <laughs> it's just liquid assets. Yeah, that's one of his assets. <laughs> yes. horrible. So Joseph Buchanan <laughs> did his experiments in two primary ways. One was he, as he had done before, awakening someone's mental capacities by suggestive touch. The other was a bit more complicated and a lot harder to accomplish, as only a few were capable of this next feat. This is what he called sympathetic diagnosis. Yeah. Buchanan would perceive the mental activities of his subject and thus could then diagnose medical or mental issues in this manner. Hmm. So, John, I'm going to speak to you directly on this. Mm-hmm. I know we bring him up all the time, but this is very Edgar Casey of him. No, oh, I don't know. I'm following. Let's just. So, this is when uh, Buchanan starts to, and he does, he never. His ties with spiritualism are always, he always tries to kind of not, he doesn't want to limit himself as being a spiritualist. He's more, he's broader than that. He's a philosopher. He's a medical man, you know. He never is like, I'm a spiritualist per se, but he is always, he is. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Buchanan or Casey. Buchanan. Okay, no, funny. Casey's a straight up. No, I know they. Uh, he is. I, I thought uh, you were like trying to like walk back Casey's spiritual. No, no, no. I was like, what? Buchanan. Yeah, Buchanan, and Buchanan is, though is coming, but he's a, he way before. Well, he's like first revival of America type yes. deal back that yes. like that early shit. Yes. So, and I'll get into that a little bit more later. But Buchanan is one of the few, let's say, medical professionals that defended the Fox sisters, who were one of the first. Uh, big okay, stories yeah, yeah. of spiritualism. So he um, he believes right here. This is very much a spiritualist one on one kind of like early doctrine of spiritualism. This concept that you can diagnose someone's illnesses simply by um, tapping. You know, you can telepathically look at this person. It, I mean, Bright Eyes was doing that. Yeah. Bright Eyes was saying to these people, oh, you need, you know, to this home remedy yeah. because of your, you have an illness. You need to put you know, onions on But they're feet. doing it remotely. Right. They're not. Right. Now, he <clears throat> is, like, kind of hovering his hands over you going, like, mm-hmm. he's pulling the phrenology thing, grabbing the mm-hmm. fucking yeah. top mm-hmm. of your scalp. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, a favorite experiment of his and of his eventual students, mm-hmm. see, he gets students, was to touch an unopened letter. And now this one is one that really does carry weight for decades afterward. You touch an unopened letter. Okay, so let's say it's an envelope, you know, a letter. And describe the, quote, entire mental and physiological character of the writer. Mm, to test the facility of such transfer, I placed a piece of blank letter paper for two or three hours. 
within the folds of a manuscript over forty years old, and then asked what impression she received from it, she being her history. She quickly decided that it was an impression from old writing, and even gave the name of the writer. Larry Anskinel Pepper Vanderbilt? <laughs> <laughs> hey. You're going to subconsciously run this ten years down the road yeah. when you have a child, and that is going to be the tongue twister that you teach them. <laughs> Mary Ann Scannell Pepper Vanderbilt. And your partner's going to be like, Schmitty Warber Yeagerman Jensen. Schmitty Warber Yeagerman Jensen. Schmitty Warber Yeagerman Jensen. <laughs> so, uh, something about Buchanan, uh, I do want to say, too, is um, and his ties to spiritualism, is most of his, uh, I would say the majority of his students, I don't know. So the majority of his students were female. And something that Buchanan deduced, and other people <laughs> deduced as well. And maybe, I think I see where Grady's brain is going, but and maybe it has something to do with this. But something that he deduced is that women were more susceptible to spiritual leanings. Like, they, they had more more women were able to tap into spiritualism. Mm-hmm. I think it's more they're just more open to it to begin with as part of it. But, well, well, I guess it's essentially, but he he thought, as do many spiritualists, actually, I think even still today, it's a modern kind of like most yeah. people accept it. That, that's why you actually you do see more psychic mediums, even modern psychic mediums that are women than you right. do men. You just do. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw, I think it was Buchanan, uh, it could have been one of his contemporaries, but I think it was Buchanan who actually said that he believed that um, three out of every ten women potentially had psychic some sort of psychic ability, whereas only one in every ten men had mm-hmm. that psychic ability. And I do have to say that about his stuff, about these experiments, not every person could could do this, and he was outright about that. Mm-hmm. Not every person had the capabilities of being able to do these experiments. Right. You had to find the right kind of person who could had the right mental state. The right, right uh, psychological, and, yeah, psychic. The right crystal. <laughs> he had to find the right crystal girl. Mm-hmm. Was she a uh, Aquarius or what is it? What are they called? <laughs> Aquarius. Aquarius. What? What was her astrological job sign? Yep. It just goes to more out of center, more open to it. They. I. I don't know if it's because I I'll think it's not a controversial statement to say women. Do probably feed off of they. They're probably more of a feeling type, you know, like more emotional. That, is that sexist? That, is that sexist? Saying more emotional. That is a but, dicey, it, but men tend to be more set in their ways, right? Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll say that fall if I'm. But there's a reason progressivism. I know that's what might not be the way one I'm looking for, but there's a reason. Society tends to change on the front of women because they they're open to new ideas before other people are. Now, whether they're their correct new ideas or not, that's its own thing. But right, mm-hmm. there's a lot of dumb guys that do like to do their own, do their thing the way they were taught to do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. That is true. So, yeah. So Buchanan claimed that he was a, also able to accurately describe medicine and its effects simply by touching it. So, like, let's say, for instance. He could grab a tablet of ibuprofen, and he could tell you all of the qualities. He had no idea what it is. You just hand him, and he's got his eyes closed. You just hand it to him. Mm-hmm. He could tell you all of the properties 
all of the medical value and all of the flaws of what is in his hands. And are they saying this is it. legit? Like he was actually doing this? Or? This is what now. Most is of he these ex- reporting that he can do this? Yes. Okay. Also, this is back <laughs> in the day before this stuff is regulated. Uh, and also, could he tell you whether it was off brand or like not? <laughs> this is the um, Walmart brand. I can uh, Meyer. No, this is mm-hmm. Meyer brand. Uh. I've got a quate here. Yeah, yeah, equate. I can uh, but is this a leave or non-proxen Zequil? Yeah, Zequil. I just have to establish another thing about him is that, um, like Professor Caldwell, for instance, that he was a professor at Transy, he was going to go for bat for him and like submit some of his things to uh, like journals and things like that to get him actually like medically recognized mm-hmm. to get him more accredited. Mm. Um, he, but I think Professor Caldwell died in that process. And then he, so Buchanan never got properly medically accredited. So he was going to get peer reviewed by somebody. And he never actually, in his entire life, never, every single time that was set to happen, it fell through in some form or So he basically just found some old coat right before they were going to, potentially. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying. At times, what is the thing with you with the candle? I'm so confused. This happens every time. Blow the fire. I don't care. Just get just now that I'm. This I is going to be the new rumors and confabulation like betting game. People can watch and be like, "When is Grady going to light the candle?" At one minute mark. <laughs> but the problem is, Grady decides the minute mark because he hit us the fucking thing. So <laughs> the over under on thirty oh, minutes. Over, or, yeah, that's how you get Dalton to start paying attention. That's a horrible joke. I'm sorry, Dalton. That would be so it. funny. Like, think about people going <laughs> bankrupt and getting their legs broke just because I lit the candle at like the five minute mark. They're just sweating through the, the whole. The spread podcast. was five minutes. He lit it at five thirty. I mean, the new. Why percent- did I say five dollars every minute? And they went for three hours. <laughs> Who does that? The next recession's coming, so that'll be the next thing. Somebody's <laughs> making money off. Woo! So at times. Uh, Buchanan claimed that his this power of perception could even be transferred through a rod <laughs> <Okay>. or possibly <laughs> any other material object, which then could be passed around. So, so let me let me let me just you know like get I will say I do believe in witchcraft. So, but I don't know. This guy seems kind of like a so. The, so let let me just okay. So this is his thing. He thought that okay, he could transfer his. <laughs> Chakra, yeah. It is chakra yeah. into this rod, and then he could be like, mm, you have it. And then the student takes it, and then she could be like, oh my god, that medicine over there could cure my headache. So, yeah. He wa- <laughs> he wasn't involved in any Eastern medicine, was he? Is that where he's getting a lot of these ideas? Because no. I feel like a lot of this no. stuff is He is like- incredibly well-read. I do have to say that. Yeah. Even, like, that's he one He read things- the Tao Te Ching? I don't know. What he read. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess that has a little bit of Dallas to it, but <laughs> I don't think. So. I, don't <laughs> I, I don't think though his stuff. I think honestly, most of his things are purely his own. The, well, I mean, the, you're you're talking that first half of the 18th century. It kind of has to be. Like, and you can have your own basic, yeah, bottom end. And there's so many things though that are happening at this time mm-hmm. because it is the 1840s, which is when he starts his experiments and starts like really take off. And he's doing lectures. All around the country. It's in the 1840s. That's when spiritualism in America takes off. So there's so many different ideas and concepts that are really just blowing up at at all at the same time. And he's just in, he's just one of these 
wild minds that's in the in the process. Yeah. Um, He's reminding me of that fellow that the only name the Godlike Machine. That yeah, John Murray Spear really reminded yeah, me. Yeah, he that. is John Murray like, Spear. If this guy decided to make he a really cult, is. that's what. Yeah, he really is. That's John's favorite episode, the Godlike Machine. John Murray Spear. I, I, I just, that's a good episode. It's a good, go check that's it out. what he said on episode. I forget. We don't remember him. <laughs> I, remember, I I listened yeah. to it the other day. It was mm-hmm. I think our Valley of Lights episode. Oh yeah, that was probably yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Valley White, Valley Hill, Valley Hill, Valley Hill. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. So, with all of these experiments, this is when then psychometry was born. Psych- he finally said it. <laughs> psychometry or soul measuring, which is the. That is the what it means. I like that. I like that better than phrenology because it, you're just like you're admitting it's not something physical, straight up, right? Not and that yes, that is a, yes, yes, that is a huge thing for him. Is that things are not of the physical world necessarily that he is talking about? Yeah. yeah. So psychometry was believed to eventually cause even the study of history to become extinct because. It becomes an exact science. You see, he thought that history could be deduced based on, say, uh, writings. You could look in, you could tell something about an entire person based on their writing. So if you have any sort of historical text, you are going to then get all of the, that person's background plus whoever they interacted with. So right. eventually you and can then, just really, it's like a it's, big web. It's going to be Inception because anything they read, you'll see through their mind yep. and you'll see through that. Golly, it's yep. going to be like it's a, a dream lot, right? within a dream within a dream within a dream. <laughs> so Buchanan claimed that the contents of a writer's soul, their mental state, feelings, etc. could be reconstructed simply by psychometric examination of material objects such as their writing. Quote, the past is in tunes in the present. The world is its own endearing monument. And that which is true of its physical is likewise true of its mental career. The discoveries of psychometry will enable us to explore the history of man, as those of geology enable us to explore the history of the earth. There are mental fossils... For psychologists, <laughs> as well as mineral fossils for the geologists. The and gasoline of the brain. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe hereafter the, psycho- the psychologists and the geologists will go hand in hand. The one portraying the earth, its animals, and its vegetation, while the other portrays the human beings who have roamed over its surface in the shadows and in the darkness of primeval barbarism. I, (laughs) the mental telescope, is now discovered, which may pierce the depths of the past and bring us in full view of the grand and tragic passages of ancient history. I have one question for you. Do you think? Do you think he looked more like Niles? Fra- uh, what is his name? Niles or Fraser Crane? Because I- <laughs> that's my well, salad 
Brooklyn's great. Yeah, Brooklyn's <laughs> never gonna talk about your brain organ. <laughs> hey, wouldn't you pass me the top salad? Family! They're calling again. Why didn't he like Roz? She was so hot. <laughs> hot. They were friends. Okay. I will say, though, like... <laughs> She was smoking. As problematic as some of his ideas might be. That would be a myth. Like, as much Frazier as... Frazier <laughs> No. <laughs> this guy. The... <laughs> yes. Joseph Rhodes Buchanan. As yeah. problematic as some of that can right. be. As I like... I love anthropology and cultural geography. If you could do that... Mm. And right. just hold on to, and figure shit out. That would be lovely. It, oh, it'd be amazing. Like, it? the way we can do it with geology now. Yeah. Like, it would you, be... When you can date stuff and figure out... Well, or infer things from other things, right? Intelligently, infer. maybe you can, John. Well, maybe it takes a mind like yours, your head shape, to be able to see <laughs> through the generations. Oh, my head's been beat too many ways to sign. You don't know that. that maybe, out, so. maybe you've been beat the right way. <laughs> it's been molded. There's been people who've got head <laughs> injuries and then become geniuses. Yeah, I saw a YouTube video on it once. Edgar Casey. There's a there's yeah, a no, big no, huge no. Venn diagram between like spiritualists. And serial killers, and the middle portion is head injury. <laughs> you can go either way. <laughs> this is probably still why Edgar Casey's my, my favorite subject of any like ever. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a reason we like we love him. Yeah, like, we love him. If we could have yeah. a mascot, it would be him. Good boy. <laughs> Where was he? Good buried? boy. <laughs> Let's go find his grave. It's in Hopkinsville. And get a piece of his body and put it in formaldehyde and we'll have it on the podcast. Right here next to the, we'll the put beer. it in a stall right cavity of this little thing. What is this? A reindeer? Or a simple deer. <laughs> a simple deer. <laughs> a simple deer. A simple deer. It's a reindeer, I think. He's probably a white tail, but yeah, sure. So, it's <laughs> a simple deer. So, okay, I, I do want to talk special, about... special, but not in that way. <laughs> And here's something that I actually agree with him on. Mm. This might be one of the odder things that I've said on the podcast. I don't know. One of the more vulnerable things. That's fine. Something that... Casey, here I go. Something that Joseph Rhodes Buchanan felt is that places, not just like writings and things like that, but basically all objects hold a memory, including places. And that's something that I honestly actually feel is a thing. I feel, personally, uh, that a place holds the memory of things that have happened in that place. And that's why, because I feel that way because I have stepped foot into places, or even to landscapes, let's say. That have moved. That have moved me in ways that I cannot, like, really vocalize, you know? Like, mm-hmm. tr- trying to even talk about it, it's, like, trivial. You know, it's, like, mm-hmm. yeah, just... There's I no way to describe it, right. but it, it just happened. And it, it just happened. That. Yeah. And and that is, honestly, at the heart of what Buchanan is touching on, is that feeling. But you're talking in a more widespread. He's talking, this rock has this, or not even this rock. He's saying, yeah. this letter that th- this person put their intent into mm-hmm. has this. You're saying a place. And that makes sense. A place, because ex- a place can have... Everybody that was there just jam packed into right. it over time. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling green pastures. <laughs> I think we found him at the bottom of a holler. So, <laughs> yeah, he was in a creek actually. That skull was in the creek. Yeah, with water running over. Oh, wait, sorry. We should have let him try to guess. You guys, um, you, sorry, you threw yeah, me yeah, off. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. 
for those listening, uh, I'm not watching a conveyor belt. <laughs> he's feeling of objects in the room, including a skull uh, of a deer. Grady is not feeling of a deer skull. I easily. I I can taste grass. Corn. Sweeter than normal. Oh, I hear something in the bushes. I run. Semi. I dodged it. Do tell more. I farted. No. It does happen. I tripped and broke my leg and drowned in a creek. Oh, good job. That is a deer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a deer! <laughs> it's mainly I, I love watching Sprout watch you do that. <laughs> she's just, she's very thin. You need to hollow it out so she can wear it as a mask. Mm. Wouldn't she look so creepy? Dude, Halloween. She would not do it, though. But anyway, so what do you guys think of that? Do you think I'm totally crazy? No, I, I agree with you on one of that, might, yeah. And you know, I, I can, you know, I can, I'm not. I can concede, that and that and that's how I feel. Like when I think of like ghosts, spirits, things like that, I think you of, don't think of the individual right. entity. You I think, think of like of a, a place has a has a feeling that just lingers, or it has its own energy. Especially when it's like, especially when it's a, something like a like one of those very old like chapels, like or mm-hmm. something like that, where like people, a lot of people gather into a place for a very specific, poured very heartfelt emotions into a place. Yeah. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like that lingers. Or mm-hmm. it's a place that something happened. Like, I mean, not to get too off topic here. No, but we're like, not off. We're in the convambulation. Well, like, I went to, you know, like, I, I've had the the luck in my life to be able to go to Auschwitz. And, you know, in Poland. And being in a place like that, even just outside, not even being in the buildings, just being in that place. I don't feel like you wouldn't have to know the history of that place at all. And you could still just start crying. Right. Like just stepping into that place. It just, it, there is a literal weight that just mm-hmm. falls on you. And it was like nothing I've ever felt mm-hmm. before. Like, literally nothing I've ever felt before. So that is what I think. Like, that's the, the most that I'm like, okay, Buchanan, you're like, I can get on that level with you for sure. Right. You know? The rest of the stuff, but I don't well, know. you it, to his end game, you can see it's the lead up to his end game. You're like, mm-hmm. yes, but yes. his also his end game is very specific. It's like I can grab Grady's hat and tell exactly everything. It's just like no, that's a little bit too specific. Right. But with what you're saying with the places, that makes much more of a so on a grander scale. That idea makes sense, mm. and I I will go with it. But like something that small, you're just like, nah, just especially right. with the head thing, especially the, you know, mm. so yeah. So it's like. Smaller, well, it's like anything else, like smaller scale, right? No, big. <laughs> yeah. He feels a pair of Nikes and he's like, oh, a room, children, sewing machines. <laughs> yeah. LeBron James tweets. But if he went, if, but if he, if, if he went and stood in the empty footer of where the factory used to be, he'd be like, oh, yeah. Modern slavery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's go back to a bit of his, um, Findings. Mm-hmm. So Buchanan uh, had not stopped his research into the different cerebral organs while he was doing his psychometry research. I still love that you're saying cerebral organs. Yeah, like he's thinking each different each like the different, hippocampus mm-hmm. and everything it's else is its different own different. I, I like. I love that idea, and at the same time, I'm like, eh. but yeah. <laughs> no. well, he says that he had located and demonstrated 166 independent organs in the brain. 166. De- independent, independent organs in the, in the brain. brain. And Jeez, this is by a Had he ever cut one open before he looked at it? Oh, sure. Yeah. If you look at a brain, you can kind of see that. And, like, 
this is just my Grady probably can see this. I as I said the thing about the neurons, I just think of it as like the giant like fuse box where you just mm-hmm. plug different fuses in. That's the way I'm thinking okay, he's seeing yeah, the brain. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. each thing does its own little yeah. loop, and then that's yeah, because so. he is also so big into like the nervous system. Yeah, you know. But this is all by 1842. So, like, his research, his experiments, I should say, started in 1841. This is within a year. He has come up with his own own science. It's impressive and it's own. In a year. Even if it's all complete. Yeah. Wild, crazy, off the wall, and doesn't make a But sense. he didn't have the internet and didn't have microfiche and all this other stuff to go off of. He's, like, pulling right. this from whatever the... How do you even find books back then? Like... So, library. But, <laughs> but yeah, like it's impressive. Louisville had a library, right. but even then, like Louisville's library was. Whatever. You know, if he was alive today, you know what he would do? He would make a killer D and D role play. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be the what is it? The well, great when I, when I was first yeah. talking about this topic, that's all I can yeah. think of is what I'm playing uh, right now. I'm like, oh yeah, my character basically kind <laughs> of is does this. So, well, functionality of the brain would be grouped together. So certain regions in for him. So certain regions of the brain would dictate certain natures of a person. Mm-hmm. So for example, the upper anterior portion of the cranium was the holding place of intellect, love, ambition, etc. Where at the upper anterior portion of the cranium? For each region had to be an opposite region though. So the lower posterior area contained organs of a selfish nature. or And this is where he does get a little like, mm, is yeah. he would call them animalistic. In which, and the reason this triggers me is because I've read so many things about like William Dudley Pelly yeah. and many other, other people that we've talked about, cult leaders and things like that, that like to use this word animalistic as a means of controlling people and, again, to be racist. But he's still pulling at the duality of it. He's saying posterior yes. and anterior. Yes, he's, yeah. He, he's it. not saying it as a good and evil. It's like right. there's different sides of a coin. Nothing's, yeah. yeah. And so the world from, isn't binary choices. Right. And so from these experiments, Buchanan binary. determined that if he binary. passed his hands rapidly back and forth along the median of his brain, mm-hmm. he would upset the unity of his brain. And could lose control of his arms and legs. Oh. <laughs> he makes himself yeah. a fucking quadruple. He's just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the, the, had he d- Is he saying he had done this? Yeah. Hey. I did come hey. if, if he in, like, if he had some sort of wild mental problems, because if he's thinking he can feel, like, different things, like, in his head. Yeah. That sounds like somebody who's got some wild, right? Men, like, uh, what what do they call that when you got a fake illness? Well, hypochondriac. Well, well, yeah, but not a but fake yeah, illness. No, but he's, 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 he's schizophrenic. schizophrenic. No, 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 it's it when it could be, but he could be schizophrenic because you know they feel Honestly, stuff he, crawling on. And he he could have some sort of actual, mm-hmm. really something going on. Yeah. and that would make sense why he obsessed with this so rapidly, and you mm-hmm. know, this was his whole life was making up this. Yeah. Brain science is what I would call it. You could have something going on. But he also demonstrated that if he relaxed the left hemisphere of the brain mm. while sending energy <laughs> into the right, which that is something you know, he felt that he could send you know, nervous energy, basically. Mm-hmm. He could potentially convert a right-handed person into a left-handed person. You know, it's the funny fun, thing right? about this is he's probably at his house or wherever and he's doing this. 
just sitting, <laughs> moving his hip. Honestly, yeah. I mean, how many times have you done that? Just sitting there and chilling, man. Like, <laughs> um, by I do also have to say, by this point, he is married. So, babe, don't talk to me. I'm moving my shocker from one end of my brain to the other. <laughs> but we're also talking 1940s marriage, so yeah. What was it like then? <laughs> Not great. What? <laughs> I mean, he could have been a wonderful husband, but still, at the time, it was completely... He's different. like, babe, you won't like me while my energy's on my right side of my brain. <laughs> Honey, so you go back outside and make some money. i got to learn how to distribute this in a different way. Well, by 1842, Buchanan was fully preaching the word of psychometry on the full lecture circuit. This wife was... First wife? His first wife. His wife's name was Anne Rowan. Trigger for a second. Mary Ann. Presumably. Presumably. <laughs> I am going to assume that um, she comes from the whoever, whichever Rowan, Rowan County, Kentucky is named after. Oh, okay. Because she was the daughter of accomplished and intellectual Judge Rowan. He was a very influential figure in Kentucky at this time. And again, this is another thing that I feel like we talk about a lot when we talk about these spiritualists and different people of this kind of thing. A lot of them that you hear about, that you know about, are ones that they, they did good. Just like Mary Ann Scannell Pepper Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they did good on their marriages. They got a little more credence to their name. They married up. They married up. Yeah. Now, also, he was very, like, he was, now his dad, he came from, a, you know, a intellectual family. His dad was wealthy. Uh, you know, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Buchanan himself, you know. Uh, but his wife and his father-in-law, his father-in-law was a backer of his. He, oh, he oh. talked him up. He supported him completely. Oh, so, not even his father. His father-in-law. His father-in-law. That's definitely him. something. His father-in-law. Here's how this Who's a down. judge. He goes, mm, I'm feeling oh, from this wedding ring you had an affair? <laughs> And you wouldn't want anybody to know about this, would you, father-in-law? So you think he's got dirt on his yeah, significant he got a, others? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Props on you for saying Rowan. Okay, <laughs> I say Rowan County. Rowan County. Rowan. Rowan. That's all. So, so Doctor Buchanan was in search for acceptance. That's all of his lectures and everything like that. He is he because he is going out on a limb saying I have uncovered something new. I'm trying to bring people into my line of thinking, which is tough. And he found acceptance at first in the early 1840s. Buchanan took his revelations to New York and found large support. The Democratic Review and the Evening Post, two publications, popular publications expressed excitement over his discoveries, even going so far as to call it the greatest discovery relating to the nervous system ever, and that Dr. Buchanan would, quote, hardly second to that of any philosopher or philanthropist who ever devoted his life to the cause of science and the benefit of the human race. Doctor or philanthropist, is it just kind of... Yeah. So they are saying he's, uh, yeah, not only is he a medical professional, but... He just is doing good for He's good everyone, you know? So from there, from New York, and he you know met with, again, mostly big success. Now, he definitely was gaining critics as well, mm. but mostly big-time success. Joseph took his findings to Boston, where the Boston Post, you know, huge, you know, still 
Mm. You know, published. Published accounts of his successful experiments. Do they still stand by him today? Probably not. Oh. <laughs> A <laughs> Reverend John Pierpont praised... Reverend John Pierpont <laughs> is saying, Joseph, he's a good man. <laughs> praised he's a Buchanan good, he's a, for his work with the soul. I ain't never met nobody could read it so better than Buchanan himself. What's his full name? Joseph Joseph Rhodes Buchanan. Joseph Why did I Rhodes really Buchanan. Think of Pierpont Morgan. <laughs> Pierce like Morgan. Pierce Morgan. <laughs> you know, Pierpont Morgan's like an industrialist back in the day. Hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> so Buchanan, um, at some point in time within this time frame, had also made a believer out of. Are you guys ready for a celebrity drum roll? Oh, let me, can I guess? Yeah. Uh, Is it a president or vice president we've covered before? I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> okay, uh, I can't guess. I don't celebrity know. from the 1840s. It's, uh, uh, Lucille Ball. <laughs> Close. <laughs> not at all. James K. Polk. <laughs> no. Oh. You ready for this? Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. What? Okay. Edgar Allan Poe was a believer in psychometry. Doesn't he like birds or something? The Raven. <laughs> the Raven. <laughs> I've been to the spot on the, the road that he was found dead in the ditch. The, the, been there, the, and I've been to his grave. Little Boy Blue? <laughs> 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 you got me. So, so Buchanan's research did not just stop at the brain, though. Each organ of the body he found could be stimulated in the same manner that aroused the brain. He found that arms and legs contained arrogance, love of power, and the like, while the chest was the house of virtue. Did he just do this on a bunch of women? Now let me see (laughs) here, lady. I mean, again, you compare them to John Murray Spear. Um, Later in life, you know, there's, there's, Uh you know... (laughs) <laughs> so, old man, touchy feely. And again, most of his students were women. Mm-hmm. That's, um, this is what I'm gathering from it. He's like, "Come here, baby doll. Let me, I mean, uh, student of mine, <laughs> sit down on my lap and let me feel you real quick." So, by uncovering this, Buchanan felt that through therapeutic touch of the nervous system, one could treat illnesses, injuries, and the like. In his own words. I know of nothing <laughs> in our religious and intellectual life more valuable and more needed <laughs> at the present time than the instruction that psychometry gives us gives as to the merits or demerits of the characters, whether innate or acquired, and as to the culture and development that we need. Oh, this is going to be a good uh, uh, Instagram post. <laughs> After doing this for five years, Buchanan became a professor and dean of physiology and the Institutes of Medicine at the Eclectic Medical Institute of Cincinnati. Oh, the Eclectic, eclectic, of, the eclectic home, medical eclectic. home of Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> at first, I was like, dean, and then you said the eclectic, and I was like, okay, yeah. So during this time, he also edited a medical magazine titled Buchanan's Journal of Man. (laughs) So this is a publication primarily devoted to psychometry, but also featured other sprinklings of spirituality. (laughs) Every joke I've said, he's never laughed like that. 
<laughs> and then I just read an actual yeah, thing. An actual thing, factual yeah. publication. Yeah. So the Institute highlighted <laughs> Buchanan. Like the Institute that he worked at was like, come on students, we've got Dr. Buchanan in the house. And was apparently <laughs> became quite popular because of him. And he worked there for 10 years. Due, though, to the failing health of his wife, Anne Rowan. New wife time. And. I felt you, honey. That's a great. Sprout's doing. That's cute. That is cute. I was like going to reach for my phone and do a picture, and I was like, she's not going to stay there. Due to the failing health of his wife and, quote, <laughs> other personal reasons. That's all he said. Joseph returned to Louisville from Cincinnati in 1857. Did he dump his wife? Did he fill her and go, Babe, I can tell you ain't got much life left in you. Mm, divorce. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> she actually just died. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But he got a little distracted from his work of psychometry when he got back to Louisville. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I should mention he had four children. With, with the, the first wife? With Anne. Yeah. Okay. So he had four children. Mm. And now, I'm just going to kind of get through some of this stuff, because uh, his life starts to take a weird, some weird turns in an already weird life. But I, I really wanted to focus on the psychometry aspect of this. Mm-hmm. So now, um, in the years leading up to the Civil War, our boy J.R.B. got involved <laughs> in the political situation. Buchanan was... Wait, wish I was here. Buchanan was fundamentally opposed to slavery and opposed secession, saying that he owed one day "Mm, to secure the happiness and full educational development of every human being of all ages and sexes, colors, conditions, and characters. Having said this, I do also have to state here that Buchanan believed in selective breeding, Mm-hmm. And again, phrenology, you know, his whole basis of his science was mostly used for racism. So, mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did selective breeding kind of is like... Eugenics, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Very Nazis. Na- very Nazi of him. Can yeah. I say this about... The, I want to say this, because we keep coming back to the head shape. Yeah. This is, this is my little story time for the podcast. I was in a little country store, all right, in the hills of Kentucky, and there was... The owners of the store were in there, and they were taking care of a young child. He was a wee boy. I don't know how old he was, like, probably, maybe not even two. He was small. He did have a bit of a head on him. He had a bit of a head on him. Cranium. A big head. Some dude didn't know who the guy was, came into the store, and I'm just using the restroom or whatever, and he looks over at this boy, and he goes, That boy's got a big old head on him. Boy's got a big old head on that boy. <laughs> got a big old round head on that boy. <laughs> and I didn't laugh at the moment, but later, leaving the store, man, that boy's got a big old head on him. <laughs> Imagine saying that to somebody's kid. I can't. That is so I funny, can't. dude. I want to say that to some. Man, you kids got a big old head. Anyways, that was all. That was that. <laughs> Thank you for the sharing. <laughs> Not only did Buchanan get involved in politics, Buchanan made a bid at Congress, the U.S. Congress, under the Peace Party, which, from what I could kind of tell, the Peace Party was a, um unpopular party 
that was basically like a branch off of the Democrat Party that didn't want to go to war. Hmm. After he was soundly rejected from Congress, he then joined in with the Democrat Party. And he was, okay, now get all this. Mm -hmm. This is just weird. And I just, I I don't really know where this all stands in his, like, this whole narrative here. But this is just weird. Uh, He was ready to attend the National Convention, the DNC, and throw his hat into the ring for president of the United States of America. But he was arrested for, in his words, vague suspicions and was held in Louisville at a federal prison just long enough to miss the convention which was being held in Chicago. Despite being anti-war and supposedly anti-slavery, Buchanan blamed all of his issues, all of this, on Honest Abe himself. No! And essentially, he sent a letter to the convention while he was in prison, and he essentially called Lincoln a tyrant... And uh, just really hated Abraham. That dirty wooden tooth hobo of a president of ours. Wooden tooth? You're getting me mixed up with Washington. It's okay. Oh, I could have sworn they said <laughs> that Abraham Washington. Lincoln had wooden teeth. No way. It was Washington. Yeah. Neither one of them had wooden teeth. No. no. No, he had a wooden, like, dentures, and then it was like, it was slave teeth is what he had as his molars. Probably, but yes. probably had yeah. a wooden steak. Probably since he's a vampire. Yeah, I was going to say Abraham Lincoln vampire. Hunter. There you go, but dirty vampire. Hunter, <laughs> son of a gun. So after this, many appealed to Joseph to run <laughs> for governor of Kentucky, but he eventually came to the conclusion that his proper vocation was not in politics. So he couldn't kick it as a. He couldn't kick it he, as a politician. He couldn't kick it as a con man. Even yeah, like, well, yeah. Yeah. So he resigned from any political activity and went back to something he could wrap his mind around. Psychometry. He was, <laughs> he was getting visions of Monica Lewinsky and was like if I could just Blitz. get in that over what is her name? Monica Lewinsky. Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky is that one chick from uh, the television, ain't she? <laughs> what? What's the name of that chick who's got black hair and she's in Shoot 'em Up? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Shoot 'em Up. Is that the, the movie with the guy that kind of looks like Nicolas Cage? Yeah. I was totally asking my brother about this movie and we could not forget the name of this movie. It's the baby. It's the baby that's like born above the like the heavy metal bar. I've never seen the movie. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I've been looking for the name of that movie for years now. It's Monica something. I thought. Well, anyway, so the rest of Joseph Rhodes Buchanan's life was spent attempting to spread psychometry. In all, he would write four large volumes. Bellucci. So, <laughs> Monica Bellucci is what he's, what he's looking for. So, in all, <laughs> Joseph Rose Buchanan would write four large volumes dedicated to the subject of psychometry, including the Manual of Psychometry with the uh, colon... The Dawn of a New Civilization. Dang, dude. In 1893, this is a book um, that I did read some of. Oh, you I you went to Audible and you was like, hey, I don't know. Uh, really, dude, <laughs> I'm going to say. So, in full disclosure, this is the reason why this episode, I wanted to start off our sp- spiritual topics with this, mm. psychometry with Joseph Rhodes Buchanan. Yeah. And I was going to try to get through the manual of psychometry. Yeah. The dawn of a new civilization. <laughs> but um, it's one of the driest 
worst, most awful readings I've ever tried. You didn't feel the dawn? I didn't just not feel it. Dang. It's so, like, haphazard. The way he writes, I think, really is very telling just about his mental, mm. like, where his brain is. Because it's just all over the place. Like, he'll start one thing, and then he gets on such a diatribe about it. Like, mm-hmm. he just goes off on this tangent about this one thing that you're like, okay, and he, he talks himself up so much. So, like this, the book begins with, Today, it is widely known... The practice of psychometry is an honorable and useful profession. No, it's not. Even in 1893, no, it's not. So within this lengthy and dry text, Dr. Buchanan does concede that his goal is too much for he alone to accomplish, and that psychometric work must be continued well after his death. How is anybody going to even stack up to the genius? Exactly. That's what I, I think he was he starting to try to brain transfer his thoughts to them. Well, I think he was starting to realize that it didn't catch fire like he thought it would, mm-hmm. and then he didn't like his students and stuff all moved on to other things, mm-hmm. and he didn't have anyone, and he didn't have any new girls to fill up. So he's like, <laughs> well, he did have uh, some people that really got on board and. So one of these followers was William Denton, a geologist who published a book on psychometry called The Soul of Things, Hmm. as well as spiritualist Stephen Pearl Andrews, who took things a bit further. He started also his, he took what Buchanan did with phrenology and then turned into psychometry. Stephen Pearl Andrews took psychometry and turned it into something called universology. Oh, so, uh, actually, I think Stephen Pearl Andrews might be a future topic. Denton, William Denton, the geologist, whose sister was supposedly a psychometer, which a psychometer is like, a... I love the that word. Is I love the word. A psychometer is someone who could practice psychometry. They are, okay, yeah. uh, they're called a psychometer. So, Denton's sister was a psychometer, and she could get descriptions of character, surroundings, and appearance just by holding a piece of paper a person wrote on. You know, just like his earlier... Right, yeah. This also applied she applied psychometry to geology and found that one could apply it by uncovering the history of a region's geological specimens. So she actually went out into the field, grabbed a rock. They had one dis, uh, whole you know description about how she had a rock, a lava rock from Hawaii, mm. and she gave this whole description. They didn't tell her where it was from or anything like that. And she held this rock in her hand, and she's like, "I'm seeing the sea, but I'm also seeing a mountain." And spewing fire. You know? She had this whole thing. So as And they're like, that's Hawaii! As from what we were saying earlier, we're amateur geographic psychometers. We are? Yeah. Now we, 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 we were just talking about that earlier, about like feeling oh, shit feeling in a place. Something. So we are, yeah, we are kind of a psychometer in yeah. that manner. I'm going to start, I'm going to put that on my resume. Your, yeah. Bio. A geopsychometer. Uh, uh, yeah. And resume. Yeah. Yeah, and resume. Put yeah. it on your... Um... Yeah. You can put it on your Tinder. Whoa. There you go. What is that thing that... <laughs> I'd get off the Tinder and go to one of the more useful apps, but there you go. I'm on all the apps. <laughs> the most the most notable for me is I use smoke signals <laughs> to pick up pace. Um, so, uh, unfortunately for uh, Buchanan and everyone else, uh, William Denton, you know, his, his supporter here, he passed away in 1883. So, this is well before Buchanan. Dang. Hmm. Uh, so, he was out of the running for taking a the A forerunner. 
so to speak. As for Buchanan's personal life, it was difficult for me to come by exactly what happened to his first wife, Anne. I mean, I assume she died from this failing, failing health. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, though, like I said before, he married twice, but I could only find that he married one other time. Like, I could only find the name of one other person. Um, and this, at least by 1885, so he's an old man. Yeah. He was married to a woman named Cornelia. And she wrote actually a piece. She was a full on spiritualist. Like she is a she's a crystal girl. All right, Ooh. she's a spiritualist through and through. Ooh. She actually wrote a piece for a spiritualist publication called Daybreak about psychology. She didn't write in Buchanan. What was his Buchanan's Journal of Man? Buchanan's he had Journal stopped, of Man. He had stopped publishing. Ah. So Cornelia H. Buchanan uh, worked closely with. Her husband. She was a psychometer. Mm-hmm. Oh. So she mixed, though, more of the psychometer with the spiritualism. This is when also in his later years is when he gets more into this full-on spiritualist stuff. And she was so much a true spiritualist, she would use the psychometry in order to conjure spirits, which she would then use in her body to speak. So this is from her husband, Joseph Rhodes. You know. The past was to her as open a book as the present, and during the years in which she portrayed historic characters of whom I knew nothing, (laughs) I never found her deviating from the truth, as far as I could discover. So she full on was like, I am King Arthur. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is a home movies reference, if anybody's watched home movies. Anyways, great show. Buchanan, uh, through his work with Cornelia, even claimed... Now, Grady, you're going to love this. Uh, You're going to love this. Buchanan, through his work with Cornelia, claimed to have had direct contact with St. John. What? And eventually published a paper in 1897 titled Primitive Christianity, Containing the Lost Lives... Lives Lives. of Jesus Christ and the Apostles and the Authentic Gospel of St. John. Wait, the the original wasn't authentic. <laughs> it is the this is the, the authentic one. You got the edited version. <laughs> you want to hear the real Saint John? I got you the real Saint John. Come over here. Oh, this is the real Saint. <laughs> so he would also claim to have portraits. See, this is yeah. This I want to read the, the authentic up. version of Saint John. <laughs> I would do. I, I couldn't find a copy of really. They did, what? They didn't have. Yeah, but. He then got into these this spirit photography, I guess, or something, where he claimed that he could, like, get these, like, I don't know who did the paintings. I guess maybe Cornelia, because she was being possessed by these spirits. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he got portraits of, are you ready for this mm-hmm. list? St. John. Okay. Moses. I would like to see what Moses looked like, I guess. <laughs> uh, Aaron from the Bible. Okay. John the Baptist. Okay. And now this one threw me for a loop. Helen of Troy. <laughs> and, you ready for this, he also, Joseph Rhodes Buchanan, had direct, direct contact, spiritual contact with Confucius. Okay. In that order, or is it just kind of along and the just way? All, all in there. Huh. Just all mixed in there. He's he like, got tired of talking. In one moment, I'm speaking with Moses. The he got tired Confucius. of time. Just knowing Confucius is teaching, he would probably be like, well, fuck off. He said, he said <laughs> that. He's like, he, stop bothering. Yeah, seriously, like, he's that kind of person. You know what, 
He was talking to Moses and was like, Moses, where's your brother? I'm getting tired of you stuttering. <laughs> so Buchanan, during his You time, like that Bible? Joke? That was good. <laughs> that, was good. <laughs> that was good. So Buchanan, during his time, also proudly took on the task of being the only medical professional, as I said, to praise the Fox sisters. And there's also something else. I thought you were going to say talk to St. John. Well, that too. (laughs) He was very proud of that. He was. I would be, Um, too. (laughs) Now, this is another just strange one, and uh, we'll have to devote maybe like a special, like like a short one-off episode dedicated to this topic, but he was asked to speak um, earlier in his life. I've kind of, I'm sorry, I've kind of been skipping around in his life here, but uh, maybe in the 1850s or so, he was asked to speak at like this kind of lecture conference type thing about Miss Molly Fancher and the Fasting Girls. Hmm. Fasting Girls is a... Anorexic Girls. No. Fasting Girls is a... I don't know how to put it exactly. These girls... The regular Eugenia Coonies of their time. That's a little reference for the YouTube kids. Okay. Just gonna say it on. So, fasting girls are these girls that claimed that they did not need to eat. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. there was different girls, and it all happened around the 1840s, 1850s, around the same time spiritualism. And it was tied in with spiritualism and all mm-hmm. these things. They claimed that this, essentially that prayer, some of them said that prayer sustained them. Some of them said that spirits or something sustained them. And so this girl, Miss Molly Fancher, she was the topic of discussion for Buchanan and mm-hmm. this other, these other groups. And so this was in Brooklyn, New York. And the New York Times had the story. They had the scoop. The headline read, Psychometry in Brooklyn. Dr. J.R. Buchanan speaks before some spiritualists. A little bit about Miss Molly Fancher and a great deal about Dr. Buchanan. Because basically what <laughs> Dr. Buchanan did was he got up there to talk about these fasting girls, and mm-hmm. this, this one in particular, but then he just went on this whole tangent and rant about psychometry and about how great he is. So he broke off this topic. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone finally called him J.R. Someone's easier than saying John Rhodes. <laughs> Joseph Rhodes. Jo- sorry, Joseph Rhodes. He did say that he believed her. He thought that she was credible. That she was just sustaining herself on some sort of spiritual energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, yeah, she is. But, and that's nice and fine, but what I really want to talk to you guys is about psychometry. And they're like, we asked you to talk, come here to talk about her. You talked to her. You did experiments on her. And he's like, I know I did, but I don't really want to talk about that. Let me talk about psychometry. And mm-hmm. they're like, eh. and this is, is why. Is there any I mean, women in the crowd? <laughs> Who can I feel? So Joseph Rhodes Buchanan would travel all across the country in an attempt to spread psychometry in mm-hmm. his later life, uh, but was met, at this point in time, really was only met with frustration. So he kind of really fallen off. People he, got tired. He, had, he reached a, a peak, and after the Civil War, uh, he really went downhill hmm. hard. In the 1890s... And that would be... In his 50s, you'd yeah. see, about when he yeah. yeah. okay. So in the 1890s, so he's an old, oh, yeah. Again, born in 1814. That's impressive, though. For so in the 1890s, he made his way to California, where he attempted to start a psychometry school, but this, too, was a failure. Dr. Buchanan 
Dr. Joseph Rhodes Buchanan, passed away on December 26th, day after Christmas. Oh, no. That's all he was born. born. He was born on the 11th? December 11th, yeah. And he passed away. December 26th. 1899 in San Jose, California. He almost made it too. He almost made it. To the, yeah, almost made it to the turn of the century. What would have happened if he would have made it to the other side? <sighs> I think his spirit would have just kept on going. Just, I well, think his body be, would have just kept going. It might, it might be here now. <laughs> it'd been like that one of the things, one of the things, whatever it says, that old. Now, are you ready for this? Yes. Great. Yes. This. His body, because he passed away in San Jose. His body was taken to Louisville, and it's today... Please tell me it's soaked in formaldehyde somewhere. It is not. It is today resting in Cave Hill Cemetery, along with Frito-Lay Magician, Harry L. Collins, Muhammad Ali, Colonel Harlan Sanders, and so many more. Oh my gosh. I, you should be thinking of the Frito-Lay guy, because that's what we just touched <laughs> on. <right? laughs> Frito-Lay man? For sure. I've been telling all my... I've been telling all my family and friends about Frito-Lay! They said, what is the podcast about? I'm like, there was a magician. He was in Kentucky. And he would go, Frito Lay. They go, what's the podcast? I gotta listen. I gotta listen. I gotta listen. And then like, oh, you spent like five minutes talking about this. Yeah, like, okay, we don't want to. Hours. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, and part 89, Frito Lay Man. The day is 1899. And he is at a birthday party. Corn chips in his hand. So, J.R. Buchanan hmm. leaves a bizarre legacy in his wake. There are some merits, as we've kind of discussed throughout this, in his uh, work, but his mind was, again, so jumbled that it is almost impossible to find anything really coherent, especially in modern times, looking back on it. And all of the mess he left, um, he was a visionary, though. And he made the claim, and now this is something I just want to say to the end, to kind of get you, maybe, just to add a little spice to your thoughts on Buchanan. He made the claim that air travel might be a good idea. Oh. He made this claim in the 1840s. Hmm. He said, this is quote, Such machinery I have invented. The principles are simple enough, and if my own machinery should not be executed, I... Doubt not that others will grasp the same idea, and that in a few more years, aerial navigation will be as commonplace a fact as the magnetic telegraph. So you know something? I'm getting a vision. Pan Am, the word that comes to mind. <laughs> so Buchanan also wrote that if the current trajectory of the world doesn't change soon, then the world will be headed for a war of epic proportions by 1914. This, of course, happened as with the onset of World War I. So? Visionary. Visionary. Vision is scary. Uh, (laughs) So, start a revolution, polluting the airwaves. A rebel. (laughs) What is the rest (laughs) of the song? I don't remember. (laughs) So, he might be a total quack, but there was some semblance of brilliance If you guess enough... this month. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Guys, I do <laughs> I want to leave on a quote by the man of the hour. Oh, right. yes. Okay. I'm, I'm excited about this. I, I want to also apologize to all the Joseph Rhodes 
Buchanan Buchanan heads out there, his yeah. family. Maybe he didn't touch all those women, like I implied. Maybe he did, though. But he might have. But that's unfounded. It was just a, like he would get the feeling from certain people. I got the feeling from him that he did do that. <laughs> so our psychometer is it's yeah. it's being yeah it's going it's going towards the yeah <laughs> so, the touchy feely side of things. If you feel me, <laughs> let's leave on this quote. Okay. Hmm. Advice. Seldom comes from those who are competent to advise wisely. That's it. What did he say? Those who advise advice seldom comes from those who are competent to advise wisely. I want over my head. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> Is he saying you're too smart to give good advice, or you're too stupid to give? Good He's advice? saying that the only people that give advice typically are the ones who shouldn't be giving you advice. No, I could. Almost get along with that. People too book smart and ain't too world smart. Smartness can be the advice. That's what he's saying. And that is Joseph Rhodes. You know, Cannon and psychometry. Psychometry. I enjoyed that one. That was That's a, a lot, guy. right? Yeah, I had to sit, just sit here listen for most of it. Guns. I mean, I, yeah. Sorry, that got a little dense in there. Uh, and we cut out a little hope, bit. I hope everyone's followed. Um, Oh, they follow. And yeah, there is so much more about psychometry and uh, about his life even that could be delved into. Uh, I tried to get as much as I could without just completely... What if we done this? Um, what if we got two mediums and we have one resurrect Marianne Scannell Pepper Vanderbilt mm-hmm. and one also channel into Joseph Rhodes Buchanan and let them have a conversation and Bring bright eyes into the mix. It'll be a. Uh, you know what I do like though is that there's there is even a chance that the two did meet. Probably, you know, by the 1890s, yeah. that's when Marianne Skinner Pepper. That's when her star was on the rise, and when he's like about. To and he moved up oh, to the northeast at that point. A star is born. Well, what is the song? He was at, he was traveling all across the country when yeah. he was old. Um, you know, going all over the place. He was in Louisville, though, most of the time, so yeah. she probably didn't, they probably didn't interact with each other. Um, I would like to find out, though, how, if Edgar Casey, yeah. his influence mm-hmm. on this, because he's definitely a Kentucky, full yeah. Kentucky guy, which, that's another thing that's crazy. Mm-hmm. How many weirdos does Kentucky have? I keep <laughs> unearthing more <laughs> and more. Well, that just goes to show you where Kentucky went from the weird frontier back yeah. in the day to yeah. now just being in the middle of nothing. Yeah. So, the weird frontier. <laughs> Put that on the rumors and confabulation shirt. Ooh, that's a, the weird frontier. I dig that. Well, that's nice. Thank you all for watching, for listening, for doing all that stuff. Uh, email us at rumorsconfab at gmail.com. Um, and uh, make sure to like us do all that like stuff. Like and all subscribe. The, all the platforms that we're on now, we're all over the place now. We're on YouTube, TikTok, well, uh, Instagram, right? yeah, so. yeah, and we've got some really cool stuff coming. Actually, we've got some, something really, really big in the works. Can't yeah. 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 We've got something really big in the works. Yeah. Though. So, <laughs> yeah, really excited about that. We've been like a lot. Yeah. So, bye. Love you all. Wait, yeah, you have to say your catchphrase. All right, peace. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>